This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton Global Youth Program. Hello and welcome to Future of the Business World. I'm Diana Drake with the Wharton Global Youth Program at the Wharton School, University of Pennsylvania. Wharton Global Youth is wrapping up this year's summer high school programs, where we met thousands of high school students from around the world who spent time learning and exploring business and finance online with us at Wharton. Our guests today were among them. I'm calling today's discussion theme, Mission Driven Baking. Two of my favorite things, delicious baked goods infused with social good. It doesn't get much better than that. Both our guests are embracing that mission from different parts of the US. Sarah Zhang is a high school senior from Austin, Texas and co-founder of Do Re Mi Cookies. Since May 2020, Do Re Mi has raised more than $7,500 to help the Austin community. Yasna Mukundan is a high school senior from Sacramento, California and founder of Baklavas with a Mission. Yasna and her organization have worked with several nonprofits to, as she says, help our community one baklava at a time. Sarah, Yassi, welcome to Future of the Business World. Thank you. Glad to be here. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. So while you ladies share a passion for baking, I'm sure your social entrepreneurship journeys have been unique. I'm excited to hear your stories. How did you take that leap from a love for baking to launching mission-driven ventures? Sarah, let's start with Do Re Mi Cookies. Tell me a little bit about how you got started. Yeah, so last year around April 2020, we were in the middle of quarantine and both me and my co-founder were uh, spending a lot of time at home, kind of baking with our families, baking for friends. And we were kind of sitting around thinking that a lot of our things for the summer got canceled. And so we were thinking of something that we could do together. And we came up with the idea of creating a business together. And at first we considered a lot of different options like opening an Etsy shop or doing some kind of service. But we finally settled on cookies because we thought it was just a great versatile dessert that um, everybody loves. And we got started brainstorming and we opened in May, 2020. And what is your co-founder's name? My co-founder's name is Alice Huang. Great. Okay. So Yassi, tell us about baklavas for a mission. So I've always loved to bake and my mom is Iranian. So I would always make like traditional Iranian desserts. And we would always post them on Facebook jokingly, like saying, oh, this is for sale. And my baklava that I posted in the summer of 2018 took off. So many people like asked to order it and were wondering where they could buy it from. and well, obviously I'm not going to deprive people of such a delicious treat. So I sold them and realized that I could use this money for something bigger than myself. Um, unfortunately, the car fire happened in during that summer. So I ended up raising over $650 and I donated to the Shasta Regional Foundation that summer. And I've been continuing since then. Excellent. Well, I want to hear more details. But first, Sarah, I need you to know that I caught you and Alice featured on a Disney Channel Use Your Voice segment which was really cool to see. How did that come about? How did you end up on Disney? So Disney actually reached out to us one day and they asked us if we wanted to do a segment with them in accordance with Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month. And we thought it was a great opportunity. So we agreed. How are your ventures structured? Are they both nonprofits? And also I'd be interested to know how you determine what percentage of your proceeds to give back to the community. So our business is for profit, but we donate 80% of our proceeds um, to United Way for Greater Austin. 
And at the beginning, when we were kind of brainstorming and coming up with our business model, we decided that 80% would be a good, generous amount to give, but have enough left over for our uh, weekly expenses and just business expenses overall. And Yassi, how about you? So it's for profit and basically in communication with the organizations or charities that I'm going to donate to, um, I ask how much money that they like, how much money would they like? Or sometimes they ask for like a product too. So depending on what they need or what they want, um, I'll ask them and then that's what I donate. I usually make a goal and um, then donate a fixed amount. Great. And then what do you do with the other profits? Put it back into the business. I don't take a salary. I mean, we have to use it to buy ingredients and um, pay for our website and stuff like that. And I want to get a little bit into that nitty gritty business stuff in a minute, but I'm really curious about the fact that both of you are connected to your communities in interesting ways. You've got Sacramento, California, you've got Austin, Texas, and I'm wondering what your mission-driven baking has really taught you about your communities in general. Have you discovered new things? Have you discovered things during COVID? Has that changed your perspective? Yassi, why don't you go first? It's taught me that this community is bigger than myself, but it's something that I can also participate in rather than just being like a spectator towards it, kind of. I can make an impact despite my age because typically the people that are making an impact within our community are adults and stuff like that. And it also showed me that everyone is willing to help each other. And when I was first starting, if influencers in the Sacramento area found my business, they would shout me out, they would buy my product, and people were so willing to help each other grow as a community. And I try to do that now. Like if there's a new business, a new boba shop just opened in our area and uh, shouted them out on my social media because as a community, we need to help each other. How about you, Sarah? Have you learned anything new about your community? Yeah, so starting this business has really not only shown me more of Austin, you know, I've gone outside of just the area I live in just to do deliveries every week. And it's also showed me some of the people in my community that I never really knew about since it's really easy to get stuck in your own little bubble of community and just reaching out to the rest of the city and seeing all the different people who are there to support your business. It's really heartwarming. And also seeing all these people during COVID in a time where everybody really craves that human connection, it was really special to me. Your cultures have also played a role in the development of your businesses. Can you talk a little bit about how your heritage has played into things and how it's been part of your entrepreneurial decisions and designs? Sarah, how about you first? Because I think you and your your co-founder actually met in a Chinese dance class. Is that right? Um, actually, we went to middle school together for one year before she moved, and Chinese dance was kind of just a way for us to keep connected, seeing each other once a week. So do you feel as though your culture has influenced your business at all? I think our cultures didn't plan at first when we were brainstorming about the business, but I think later on, we really found ways to tie our culture in, whether that be through uh, cookie flavors. And we also did a collaboration with another local small business for Lunar New Year. And through these kind of small opportunities, we've really been able to tie our heritage back into what we've been doing. How about you, Yassi? My heritage is honestly everything to this business. I would not have been able to create it if it wasn't for... Uh, my background. Uh, my mom is Iranian, as I mentioned before. My dad is Indian, which is not your typical mix. And actually, so my baklava was influenced by my Iranian heritage, but the baklava syrup, which is a vital part to the baklava, was influenced um, by my Indian heritage. 
by the Indian deserts there. Perhaps um, some of our listeners don't know what baklava is. So can you explain what that is? <laughs> so baklava is a traditional Middle Eastern dessert with flaky phyllo dough and a nut mixture layer in between. Uh, and then it is topped with a sugar syrup, typical of like cardamom and rosewater flavors. Sounds delicious. It is. It's one of my favorites. <laughs> so let's get into a little bit of the entrepreneurship side of things. So learning from failure is an important entrepreneurial trait. And I'm wondering if you failed through this process and how you learned to persevere. Sarah, I seem to recall something about a hopelessly mushy strawberry cheesecake cookie. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so some of our smaller failures definitely came in the form of, you know, testing out a cookie flavor and not having a workout or coming across some kind of hurdle with a customer. Um, actually, one of our biggest hurdles in our business journey so far has been breaking even when we first started. We put a lot of money into making the website look good and making sure that we had great products and that took quite a bit of investment. And breaking even was definitely one of our biggest struggles, but we made it through in the end. Great. And would you attribute some of that to just business decisions during COVID? I'm curious about, for instance, like the supply chain or, or just knowing kind of what raw materials you needed on a daily and weekly basis in order to make your product. Yeah, we definitely learned a lot about what kind of materials we should be getting, you know, the brand the costs. And since we're a small business, everything's on a pretty small scale. So it was manageable for us to obtain these ingredients. Um, but we also had to learn a little bit more about finances, you know, logging income and expenses and making sound financial decisions. Cassie, how about you? Did you have any really profound learning experiences so far through this process? Well, like Sarah said, like we've had issues with product's not working out, but one of the biggest challenges that we've had is working on my baklava syrup. It's actually very unique to my business. Um, none of our competitors have a syrup like ours, and I had to go through so many different like measurements and ingredients and just a bunch of trial and error. It took about around three months, and it would sometimes not work out. Like I'd either have the syrup be too runny, like it'd be like water, like it would just go straight through the baklava. Or it would crystallize at the bottom, which is not what you want for a baklava at all. You want it to still be crunchy. So yeah, it took about almost three months. So do you feel you've reached nirvana with your baklava syrup at this point? Oh yeah, yeah. We have uh, customers actually just buy it by the bottle essentially, and they use it on their own desserts and things like that. Really great. Well, as long as we're talking products, Sarah, what is your most popular cookie that you sell? Well, I don't think there's one most popular cookie, but some of our really popular flavors have been a trail mix inspired cookie and then also a classic gingerbread around the holidays. Oh, yeah. Very nice. A few months ago, we featured a Wharton MBA, Ben Berman, in our online business journal. During COVID, Ben launched something called Good Pizza, where he makes pizzas from his apartment and lowers them to customers for charity donations. And at the time I interviewed him, I asked him how he could be a shrewd and driven business person and still make a genuine and meaningful social impact at the same time. He said his business training was perfect preparation for good pizza. I'll quote him. He said, for me, pizza is my vehicle for doing good right now. And that's a lot of fun but I also get to flex my business skills as I work to develop a presence on social media, engage with lawyers and potential investors and much more. 
So I'm curious, both of you were part of our Business Leadership Academy this summer, and I'm guessing you have business aspirations. Have you also flexed your business skills with your social enterprises this summer? What have you learned? I know we talked a little bit about raw ingredients and supply chain, but I heard I heard also in what you were talking about, kind of the power of social media to your businesses. And I'd love to hear about you know, how social media and a vibrant web presence have influenced your growth and development. Um, Sarah, why don't you start? So through my business, I learned a lot about different kinds of hands-on business skills that are really hard to kind of learn in the classroom. Um, Some of those included, you know, managing finances, like I said, making different financial decisions and, you know, comparing different prices and raw ingredients. And like you mentioned, social media was also really important for us when we first got started. It was a way for us to get our word out into the community and with social media being so, so widespread and prevalent in today's society. It was just a really great tool for us to keep up with our customers and kind of engage with them. And later on, we also explored different forms of marketing, like email marketing, reaching out to our past customers. And that was something that also turned out really well for us. Great. Yassi, do you have any any other business skills that you've flexed? (laughs) So I have flexed, if you will, my business skills through marketing my products, designing my logo and building my website. And my social media and growing my social media presence within my community. Um, I also had to communicate with like potential organizations and charities or shops that would like to host our products. So where do you guys see this intersection of business and social impact in your own lives moving forward? I know you're interested in business because you've been with us and I see that you're mission driven because of the great work you've been doing with both of your businesses. Do you see this as kind of a dual mission that you'd like to continue pursuing? Sarah, how about you? Yeah, I think this intersection of business and social impact is something that I definitely want to keep pursuing, you know, throughout my life, whether that be um, through my own kind of small businesses or working with other people to fulfill that same kind of mission. It's something that I think is really important and something that our community just really needs right now. Cassie, do you agree? Do you think these dual missions are important? They're very important, especially for times like these where everyone needs to step up and work together. It's something that's very much needed. Great. So what's next for Baklava's with a mission and Do Re Mi? Tell me where, where you see them headed in the future. Right now, we're actually in the process of shipping our Baklava's nationwide. It was something that I really wanted to do for a really long time. And we're slowly starting to uh, move in with our Baklava's. But after that, I like to bring in more of my products to ship. So this is this is not just a passion project for you. It sounds like you really want to keep it going. Yes, it's something that I want, definitely want to continue when I'm in university. And how about you, Sarah? For now, my co-founder and I haven't really laid out a specific plan for what we see during me being in the future. But we really just want to keep engaging with our community. Like we started selling at a farmer's market this summer. And that's just been a great way for us to make these personal connections and see some of our customers face-to-face. You know, that brings up a great point. Um, We've heard a lot about your perspective on this. I'm wondering if we could get maybe a window into the perspective of your communities. Can you tell a story from the past year or two of running your baking businesses that really stays with you? Maybe somebody you met or an impact that you made? Yeah, so last July, in July 2020, we actually got an article written about us in the Austin American Statesman newspaper. 
And that was kind of our first big media feature. And that really kickstarted our business and just really getting the word out into the community. I think that week we had over 40 orders and I was up until 4 a.m. baking cookies. (laughs) So you guys still do a lot of the baking yourself, right? Yeah. So we do all the baking ourselves. And, you know, sometimes when we do need a bit of help, we'll have our parents help out. But the majority of the baking is done by us. Yeah. So do you have a story? I do. I was interviewed by Good Day Sacramento this uh, this June, and a lot of my customers and actually a lot of my peers and teachers too watched the segment. And it was really, it, to me, it was really heartwarming because they all contacted me through either like my email or through Bakalovs with a Mission Instagram page telling me that they were really proud of what I was doing. And I also got a lot of orders that week as well, which was really as Sarah said, I stayed up really late that week. <laughs> yeah. well, I'm picturing you guys with aprons and flour on your face and, you know, just really putting it all out there in the kitchen, which is great. Do you have teams that help you though? I mean, have your families been instrumental in the success of your businesses? Tell me a little bit about kind of the collaborative effort that goes toward this. So my mom actually helps me like on busy, busy weeks. Uh, so yeah, she's like my little baking assistant. So it's super fun because we get a lot of bonding time out of it. That's perfect. Sarah, how about you? Yeah. So for us, I only recently got my driver's license and my co-founder doesn't have her license yet. And so when we do deliveries on the weekends, our parents usually drive us. And that's definitely been how they've supported us the most. Um, It's been really important to us. And just spending that time with them on Saturdays, like Uh, Yassi said, it's a great bonding moment. Before we wrap up, I'd love to know where you guys are headed. Um, As I mentioned, you studied with us at Wharton this summer, and I'm curious if you're interested in studying business further. What does your future look like? Personally, I'm into a lot of things, actually. Of course, I'm interested in business. I really enjoy marketing and design. I really like that side of business. I've also had an interest in healthcare from a young age, and I think the three main interests that I have is just business, healthcare, and art, and so I really hope that in my future, I can kind of combine the three and pursue something that I really love. Yassi? I'm not super decided. I like to keep an open mind, but I'm really interested in business and fashion, so I want to do something with those two fields when I'm older. Excellent. Well, one question I like to ask all of the innovators we interview on Future of the Business World is, if you could change one thing in the world, what would it be? Sarah, let's start with you. I think that if I could change one thing in the world, it would be opening up more understanding between people. I think a lot of the small-scale and large-scale conflicts we have in the world are just stemmed from miscommunication or just some barrier of communication. And I think having people really understand each other more would be so instrumental in changing a lot of things. Cassie, how about you? What would you change in the world? I would probably promote for like equal chance of education. I value education a lot and I believe that everyone should have an equal chance at it, despite gender, race, socioeconomic class, or location. So we're going to end with our lightning round. Since we have two of you, I'll alternate questions and try to answer them as quickly as possible, okay? 
Yassi, what is your favorite company slogan? Nike's um, the Just Do It. Sarah, other than your smartphone, a technology you cannot live without? Probably any kind of appliance to do with cooking, since I really like cooking and also is kind of necessary for us to survive. <laughs> okay, good. Your business needs that. Yassi, how do you define leadership? Understanding people and their strengths and then utilizing it in the most efficient way possible. Sarah, same question. I think leadership for me means putting yourself on the same level as your team and definitely working together with them. I think just dissolving any kind of levels or barriers between people. Yassi, something about you that would surprise us. I watch anime in my free time. (laughs) Sarah, what would you be caught binge watching at midnight? I recently watched Young Royals on Netflix, which I really enjoyed. So probably that. Okay. Yassi, business person you would most like to take to lunch and why? Katrina Lake, founder of Stitch Fix. I love the model of her company and would like to ask questions about that. Okay, Sarah, you are starting a talk show. Who is your first interview guest? Probably the boy group BTS. I really like their music and the meaning behind it and what they stand for. I think a lot of people agree with you out there. Yeah, see, your favorite variety of baklava. Oh, cinnamon baklava, all the way. That is my favorite, absolute favorite. All right, Sarah, your favorite type of cookie. I'm not really a person who picks favorites, but I really like snickerdoodles. (laughs) Great. Well, listen, it's been wonderful talking to both of you and learning about your mission-driven baking. And I wish you both a lot of luck in everything you do and in your business endeavors. Thanks for talking with us on Future the Business World. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for having us. Discover more opportunities for high school students and educators at globalyouth.wharton.upenn.edu.